0: Hey, 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 this is your girl, Shannon, coming to you with another episode of Speaking From Experience. Um, I hope everybody had a good week, good two weeks almost. I'm up here slipping. I got caught up with life and, uh, things that's happening in life, all good things. Everything that I asked for, God to bless me with, he's been doing it, so, I can't do nothing but thank him for that. Um. If I can remember correctly, I'm going to start off where I ended or I finished or whatever. Uh, So at this point um, of life, I was, I guess, in this shedding phase of, you know, and me unknowingly knowing that I was going through this or whatever at the time. But, um, you know, it was a lot of things that came upon me at once and. And this was a time in my life where I knew who had my back and who didn't. And I had a lot of friends, a lot of church friends, a lot of regular friends, um, a lot of family members that don't even speak to me because they think they know what's going on. So I had to go through a lot of this transition by myself. And I think that was best because I'm the only one that knows what I love, what I like, what I don't like, what I want in my life, who I want in my life at this point. and. for the glow up to be real and for everything that I want to manifest to manifest properly without distractions or uh, people that are not in my corner or in my favor so it was a lot of things that was going on that were helping me in the long run I just couldn't see it as I was going through this storm you know so it's around October, November, and October is where a lot of stuff got cut off at, um, but other things started, so, you know, it was, it was a bittersweet moment, literally, um, the bitterness was not being able to be with the kids, um, as I went on this journey, this self-journey, along with trying to build my family back up and stuff like that, um, at this point of the game there were no really distractions uh, when it came to do what I needed to do to get to my goal, which was getting a house and stuff like that, and getting a big enough house for the kids. And I I, I really wanted the house. So I prayed on that, prayed for that, slept in my car, praying for it. Uh, music helped a lot, you know. And you know, just staying focused. Uh, helped a lot in getting what I was trying to get you know in the midst of getting all of this um, the grinding and the hustling still was there Um, like I said it, it was just the fact of not being with the people that I made by the grace of God don't get it twisted but having little ones that you actually birthed and not being able to be with them every day was Uh, the worst thing that ever could happen to me and I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy you know thank God I don't have any enemies that I know of you know so but I wouldn't wish it on anyone uh, the fact that you can't hold and touch and talk to your kids as much as you would like to so um, only reason why that wasn't happening because I was working so much because I felt like I need to save bank wise and I need to save for this house So I was just literally at work all the time. And with FedEx, you got to make your own hours, kind of, and you got to go in when you wanted to, kind of got to leave when you wanted to, you know, and so that's what I was doing. So the communication with the kids kind of uh, stopped a little bit. It didn't stop, but it was more so once or twice a week instead of every day like it should have been. And I agree, I should have been calling them every day, but, Our schedules just didn't match up. And then he put a stipulation on me that they go to bed at 8, 8.30 (laughs) when he was the one that didn't even implement them having a sleep time, you know, especially when school was in. So all this stuff was, like, new to me, and it was making me mad because now all of a sudden you want to man up, you know, and and that was the mindset then. I really don't have that mindset now. Um we all grow in different stages. Some things push us to grow um faster than others, and I think this process that we were going through was pushing him a lot faster. Didn't mean that he grew up. It just meant that he was going to fake the grow up to make it look like, you know, I was making wrong decisions and I was doing this and I was doing that. You know so um around october into november i hadn't talked to the kids because he wasn't even letting me talk to them at this point um i had to go over my mom's house uh on plenty of occasions to talk to them like i wanted to um and then even then when he found out that i was on the phone he would hang up the phone you know and i and i want to tell everyone that's going through something even if you and your spouse don't work out make it look good for the children. And I'm not saying be fake or be phony, but at this stage of the game, it was either meant to be or somebody wanted it to end. So let's be adults about it. You know, if you wanted this to end, if you wanted it to, you know, let be let go or whatever, um, be woman and man enough to at least say, okay, we still got kids together and we're gonna, you know make things work you know but he couldn't come to grips with that I guess um I was more so on the just thinking about my children you know at this point I wasn't even thinking about him at this point because it was a lot of things that were said that let me know that he wasn't for me like that if you got to choose to be with somebody I'd rather you choose the lesser and I hope that he chose her you know if you if I have to be a choice I don't even want to be your choice you know um I, should, I only, like I said in the last episode, I only want to be your only. You know, if I'm equally uh, compared to somebody else, well then you go with the somebody else. You know, because I just want you to focus on me and our family. Um, so at this point, I hadn't talked to him. Um, I did talk to him in November for Thanksgiving, um, so I can get them for Thanksgiving. And he told me flat out, no, COVID was running rampant. Like it was running in the streets and um, I hadn't been there. So he didn't know who I was around and blase blase. He didn't want me around my children, (sighs) basically his words. Um, So I decided that I would sacrifice not talking to them for a minute, do what I gotta do, grind. And I told him best believe I'm coming to get my children. You know, so the grind continued, the hustle continued. Your girl was was getting it, you know. And at this point, um, I wasn't thinking divorce, but I was just like, we maybe we needed to just separate for a minute. But I'm coming back to get my get my children. So in December 16th, on December 16th, um, 2020, I got my house, three bedroom, one bath, giant kitchen, open. Uh, concept big backyard so they could play in um big basement the works um garage or uh what do you call that where you pull up in the uh you, you had a parking space or whatever about three or four cars can go in there and I was happy, I just found my for right now home. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't a forever home, it isn't a forever uh, ever home, but um, I got my for right now and what I needed at the time. And it felt good to pay a bill because I had never paid one in my life. <laughs> it felt good to do something that I wanted to do. Uh, it felt good to uplift me, you know, and that was, what I was striving to do um, in this period of my life Uh, with that being said I wrote a letter to the bishop again stating that I hadn't talked to my husband and I can't tell when he's not answering my phone calls but I'm letting you know letting you be the mediator to this situation that I'm coming to get my kids for Christmas Um, they had a Christmas break winter break for two weeks that started shortly after, I think December twentieth, and uh my plan was to come get them for Christmas. Now what I did say I was coming to get them for Christmas. Um but what I told my husband that I was coming to get them, period. You know, point blank period, period. Pooh. Anyway. But uh but in the letter I told him I was coming to get them. I told them the date. I told him the time. Um I asked him to relay the message to my husband and uh, I will be there on a Sunday. That was my off day. So, rode up there. As I'm getting in town, I'm getting butterflies. I'm getting this anxious feeling. I'm getting the feeling that, you know, he was gonna pull the COVID thing again. He was gonna tell me I couldn't see my children. So what I did, I brought a police officer with me, one police officer. Um, that man was basically sitting at home, um, cause he got called in. Um, He had just got done eating a donut. He was not on some Black Lives Matter type stuff at that moment. He was not um, Blue Lives Matter. He was not, let's go find a brother to take down or whatever. He wasn't even in that state of mind. And I I prayed about that because it is a lot of stuff going on. But at the same time, I needed someone that was going to help me get my children and that was going to be a mediator. And at least if need be, talk to us both, you know. And only thing I could think of was a police officer at that time because church was about to start within like two hours. So I didn't want to interrupt anybody with church and stuff. So I got there, he came with us. He had his hands in his pockets the whole time. Us, meaning my mom and my two sisters. Um, We got there, we showed up, got to the parking lot. He parked on the other side of the street My husband was already outside, looked like he slept in his clothes, he looked bummy. Kids weren't with him, why? Because he he took them all the way to his mother's house because he wasn't even gonna let me see the children. That's just how mean he was being at this point. He wasn't even gonna let me see him, wasn't gonna let me hug him, wasn't gonna let me touch him because that wasn't what he wanted me to do. As a mother, I was heartbroken and the police officer was like, why are you being this way towards her when you know that's their mother and they would want to see their mother. And so he was like, well, um, COVID is running rampant. And the police officer looked back and forth up and down the street, like COVID was just literally running. And he was like, sir, you're not doing this right now. Like let her, let her see the children. When was the last time she's seen them? And he was like, September. And so, you know, physically, cause I've been video chatting with them periodically on and off. And so, um, uh, the police officer basically was like, um, let her see the children. If me and my wife was going through this, I would want at least my kids to be with my be with their mother. And my mom was upset. She was kind of yelling a little bit and, you know, crying and she was just like I never thought. It was never anything that she said that was out of the way. She never cursed at him or anything, but mainly she was trying to relate to him that she would have did anything for him. You know, and I think that's what made her cry. And only, he, he couldn't even look her in her face, in her eye and say I'm sorry or whatever that I did this, blase, blase. Um, and so uh, he tried to tell the police officer that I left them and I immediately spoke up because at this point I hadn't been speaking up and I immediately spoke up for myself because I'm like, I didn't leave my family. I didn't leave my children. Um, I left you you know what I'm saying? And that wasn't that was only supposed to be temporary, but I needed to clear my head and make good decisions, you know, at this point. Um and when what I wanted to actually do? What did I actually want to leave or did I actually want to stay and be put and put up with it, you know? And that was my prerogative that I felt like, you know, that was my choice. And so um I I, I spoke up and I said, no. What happened was we were all supposed to leave to go to St. Louis and live down there to be with my family for the time being. Um what happened was I moved down there and got a job and he decided that he didn't want to go anymore. And so he was like I had a change of plans. And so my mom stood up and was like it it doesn't relationship or marriage doesn't just revolve around one person and i totally agree there there is sacrifice and compromise in marriage you know you do not do one thing without consulting your spouse you know and i feel like people get that twisted with being submissive or being um dominating but in the long run we were all meant for a purpose meant to be in a relationship for a purpose my purpose is not to protect and provide and to, you know, do that higher thing. My thing is to protect on a family level, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. Um, um, my, my thing was to make meals and to get everybody ready for work and for church and for school and, and um, to be a teacher that way. He didn't realize that just being financially stable was not a come up, you know, that is not protecting your family, that is not providing for your family. That is not all the only thing to provide for a family. And I think a lot of men think that, oh, I got this financially in a bag and we straight. No, that's not how it works. Because at the end of the day, we still need that love from the man of the house, we still need that. Uh, emotional support and mental support on a family level from the man of the house and spiritual guidance. And I felt like I was the only one being put in a position to do the man and the woman's job. You know, only thing I wasn't doing was doing majority of the financial legwork. So, um... Yeah. So eventually, we... Well, he allowed me to get the children. He called his mom, told them that they were going with me. When they saw me, they ran up to me. They were just excited. They they were smiling, um, everything. My only problem was he wanted me to not see my children so bad that my youngest was in a soiled diaper to the point to where the beads were coming out of it. Um, I don't know if you all, know about diapers much but they get too soiled the inside lining starts to come out and that's just how soaking wet she was we had to buy diapers on the road um he didn't have them in tights it's middle of winter um they barely had on coats they had on jackets my son had on these flooded pants no socks um toe up shoes the girl's hair was not done I took pictures of everything I just wanted I just wanted my babies. I didn't really care how they looked. I was gonna clean them up when they got to the house. You hear me? Not the apartment, to the house, you know? And I'm thinking, okay, cool, I'm in there. I got my babies, I got my house, I got the car, I got the job, I'm in there. I'm in there like swimwear. And that was on a Sunday. We got back home. I told him that we made it and everything. And so that Monday came along I was doing laundry. A guy called me, my son answered while I was in the laundromat and um, I came back outside and my son was like, mommy, you got a phone call. So I called the person back and it was a bounty hunter. I guess he was serving me divorce papers immediately after that. So this was in his mind to do this regardless, you know, because he was having a hissy fit and he wanted it his way, so he does, he served me divorce papers in front of the children. Uh, the next day, the same man served me child support papers from a guy that is working a Union specific job. Union Pacific job for seven, eight years is making a hundred thousand a year. Wants child support from somebody that's working at FedEx. Anyway, make it make sense. Um, The next day he served me, that was on Monday, Tuesday. Wednesday he served me with, oh man, he served me with something else. I can't remember what it was. Order of protection. Yes. Um, Basically in the order of protection it said that I was not making good decisions. My head was not on straight. Um, It was an order of protection for him and the children against me um and basically that I used to be verbally abusive to him I guess that was weird um never done that we were never verbally abusive to each other you know he wasn't to me and I wasn't to him so that was weird That's where the lies started. And Thursday, he gave me a break. Friday, he gave me an injunction to return my children. In the injunction, it stated that I kidnapped them and took them to an undisclosed area of St. Louis only because I would not give him an address to my new place. At this point, I was not scared but being cautious of him only because he was doing things that were out of the norm at this point. So I didn't know what he was capable of doing. Um, so therefore I did not give him my new address Um, yeah all this was done in front of the children I had three days to give them back I felt as if since he wanted them back so bad he needed to come back to St. Louis and get them that's exactly what he did so the following Sunday I had to give them back they were crying I were I was crying I just felt like my world was just falling apart. And I got all this stuff for them to get taken away anyway. You know, it was just weird. Um, I asked him the reason why he wanted the divorce and why he put in all these motions. He said because, not mind you, listen to the reasoning to what he said. Why? His reasoning why. Um, he said that my mom belittled him. Uh, that I brought my family into our marital situation, which I did uh, at that point, and that was the only time I ever did that uh, through our whole eight years of being married, nine years of being married. Um, that was the only time that I ever did that. So, um, yeah. And he said that police was involved, and he could have got shot and killed because black lives matter. Yeah, if you saw how calm that police officer was, and it wasn't a gang of police officers, it was just one police officer. I did not call the police on him. That's what he's trying to tell everyone. I called the police on him. Um, the police officer basically really didn't even want to be there. Um, he was kind of upset for me because he was like, that's wrong in what you're doing, you know, uh, keeping children away from their mother you know and the pastor in St. Louis said the same thing that the children need to be everybody keeps saying the same thing they're so little that they need to be with their mom and that's what I was going for as well um the bounty hunter actually found me on Facebook and videoed me and he said he was crying he said I didn't want to serve you those papers because he said you were yes sir me no sir me he said you know how many people have attacked me and everything um And my ex-husband had me on recording that I didn't know nothing about. Um, So after he served me those papers, he was like, you really want to go through this? Like that. And I was like, what? He was like, I saw you get served with papers. I served them papers to you and uh, had my son out here answering the phone for you. What kind of mother are you? I mean, he was going in. And um, the bounty hunter was like, "Uh, I'm so sorry that you're going through this. I just wanted to touch base with you and ask if I could keep in touch with you because you could just tell you were a good mother and that you didn't deserve to be served so many times in one week in front of your children and um, you could just tell that your spirit was intact the whole time he was like I've seen worse he was like you just uh, you can just tell you're a wonderful person he was like uh, I just want to keep in touch until this day every other week he keeps in touch with me he asks how I'm doing has asked how the children are doing and um, how everything is progressing I, I kind of fill him in on a little bit but I, I thank God for people like that because at that time he could have judged me and been like man what you do and stuff like that you know but I, w- I was thankful for his words of wisdom he was an older man um, words of guidance and and what to do next and how to, you know, go about being spiritually healthy, you know, because he was like, that was, that's a overwhelming thing when you get your kids taken away from you. And he said, when I read those papers and said that I was taking them from you basically or that you had to give them back, he was like, I broke down for you because no mother that birth children that isn't on crack or that isn't on drugs or that isn't, uh financially stable or that isn't um you know that doesn't have her own place and her own car and a job get their children taken away from them for no freaking reason is just mind boggling to me. And he was like you could just tell you're a good good woman and realize that he's missing out. Don't look at it no other way. Like that. And so that kinda gave me another boost of energy, you know, um when it came to this process um yeah so they went back home I was like literally devastated Um, they kept asking you know what was going on and stuff like that and I didn't really want to tell them at that point because I really didn't know what was going on and I couldn't give them information that I was I didn't even know nothing about so um Yeah, so visitation started, I got to see them every other weekend, picked them up from Bloomington, that was not the halfway point, halfway is really Lincoln, um, Illinois, but he convinced the judge, his lawyer, and everybody else that I was going to call the police on him and... make his life miserable if we went somewhere else besides a well-lit well-known area and like I told him the police can be called in Bloomington as well sir and nothing happens in Bloomington so SWAT will probably come the police will probably come air force will probably come military will probably come so I can call the police on you at any time but I have no reason to call the police on you unless you think you need to be you think that I need to call the police on you have you done something wrong, you know what I'm saying, so yeah, uh, I have to drive a little bit more than he does, but it's all worth it, because I need to see my babies, and I wanted to see my babies, so that happened for uh majority of the year, the rest of 2020, up until now, um, now it has changed, I had them the whole summer, so that was cool, Now it's changed. I can only see them once a month in Bloomington um, or getting them from Bloomington. I have them the whole summer, but he wants the whole week in July and a whole week in June, which is so stupid to me. Um, Since I took them from him in Christmas and yeah, for Christmas last year, I don't have them for Christmas this year and every other Thanksgiving that I'll have them. Um, He stated that I don't take them to church. And I want to let everyone know church is always going to be in me. Um, that was in me when I was born before I was born, you know, but the way things were portrayed and the way I felt like I wasn't being um, i guess stood up for, nobody really understood what I was doing what I was doing and how I was feeling, so I was supposed to sweep everything under the rug at this point um. Yeah, I, I did, really didn't feel protected from the men in church. Um, so, me in church right now, uh, I listen to the message. I, I really believe the message is great. It's just the people and the spirit spirituality of the people um, is so fake. It's some of them, some of them, not everybody, you know, just some of them. It's only a handful um that will won't ask questions and I I really wish people would ask questions more often if they're confused if they don't understand it's okay to ask questions it really is um but yeah but I, I want my children to go to church regardless of what's going on with me um I most definitely want my children to go to church and experience the word and be with their family and stuff like that. You know, um, discernment comes in at a a later date and age, you know, so they can discern on their own how they feel about church later on in life. But right now, yeah, they need their spiritual guidance and by all means necessary, I'm going to get them to church. If it's not me, it'll be my family. And uh, at this point, they don't even go for real his parents aren't even in church. Uh, the guardian ad litem suggested that they be with him full-time uh, which doesn't make any sense to me only because the guardian ad litem stated and if you don't know what a guardian ad litem is it's basically a lawyer for the children um, and they they look out for their best interest. She told me that what she says does not go but Everything that she suggested came from her mouth. So she suggested that the kids stay with her, although that all all their teachers have seen a change in them. Um appearance wise and educational. Because I was the one that was doing all the education and all the hair doing and all the clothes picking out and stuff like that. So now they look like bums in all white school. Um because my children are, like, literally the only blacks in there. Um, you got a handful of black children, but it's an all-white school. Um, my daughters don't have their hair done. My son, hair isn't cut at all times. Um, I think he has one pair of shoes, he told me. Um, one pair of pants for the whole school year of last year. He wore the same pair of pants, and the only reason why I know that is because he told me one and then two when I would come get Those was the only pair of pants he had. Um... My girls, hair not done, ever. Um, they got one pair of shoes, a couple dresses. Um, when they come to my house, their closet are, closets are full, you know, and I am not trying to outdo anybody, but make it make sense. That's something I wanted to do. Make it make sense for our children, you know. Um, at this stage of the game, the lesson learned is stay steadfast stay prayed up um, stay focused get somebody in your corner that is there for you and that's not biased um if I'm doing something wrong tell me you know I want you I want you I want anybody to let me know you know and and nine times out of ten I have been so focused learning myself that I can beat myself up for things that I've done you know um I'm easy to say sorry. I'm easy to say, you know what, I made a mistake. You know, my thing is, is harping on it. And I'm getting out of that. I need to hit it and let it go. And um, hit it and, and acknowledge it. And make sure that I don't make that same mistake again. And, you know, follow through with what, I'm, what, I, what I need to do to correct my mistake if I make one, you know, I'm not too big of a woman to be like, okay, I made a mistake. Let's, let's find another way, you know, but at this juncture in life, I just, uh, I'm learning a lot about myself and about, you know, things that's going on and around me. I'm learning about spirits and I'm learning about Mental health and therapy and stuff like that. I come across a lot of quotes when it comes to relationships and stuff like that, and I share it a lot on Facebook. But one quote that stuck out to me was: "Communicate, um, talk about things that are good and are bad, build trust, be honest, be honest, be faithful, be there for one another, make time for one another, leave the past to the past." And I had a problem with that leaving the past in the past but when you keep bringing your past in our future that's what the hurdle that I couldn't get over and um I've gotten over it now but mentally I couldn't get over that that you keep bringing the past into our future and how can we I felt stagnant in life you know Whew man just thinking about it just uh makes me kind of emotional And I won't ever say that things aren't going my way. Things are going God's way. So uh, my mindset is always focused on God and what he wants me to do and stuff like that. Um, But anyway, leave the past in the past, which includes exes. Know that having arguments are normal. Know that you won't always be happy. Um, And 2 I've said this in the last episode. You cannot find happiness in other people. You know what I'm saying? You can be happy for people. You can be happy for their happiness. But nobody can make you happy unless it's coming from within. And I hope that makes sense because I've had to tell people, Susie cannot make Jim happy if Susie is sad all the time. Because her happiness isn't in her, you know. So how can she make Jen happy if she's not happy? You know what I'm saying? You just got to make it make sense. You cannot pour into someone else if your bucket is empty. So learn self-love. Learn to love the freckles. Learn to love your short hair. Learn to love your list. Learn to love that you barely can see, me, and you need glasses. You know what I'm saying? Learn to love yourself. Learn to love your nose, your lips, your eyes, your hair, your body. You know, um, it's a song out now, and this is totally off subject, but it's a song out now that says she got her butt and her breast done. She attend now. What kind of motivation... Does that give someone, when the only thing you're preaching about is to enhance everything, why can't you love me for me, you know, and so I think that's where that self-love comes in, and it's like, if you can't love me for me, then you need to find somebody else, you know, and it's too easy, and I want to make another episode that's called Green Flags, there are green flags out there, you know, I'm striving to get all the green flags that I can, you know, but that self-love is the ultimate goal to happiness and I don't just mean physical either if you know that you think too much embrace that and flip it and think about things too much and then get off of it for a minute you know we can always make a negative positive and twist it and use it to our benefit and uh, just as we go to the gym to exercise to get our physical fit We got to start reading and we got to start getting our mental fit, you know, and that's by reading, that's by writing, painting, doing whatever, therapy to get our mental to a position to where it can be strong for the battles that we're coming up against, our trials and our tribulations, you know. And the only person that can help you with that is God or whatever higher power that you pray to or that you think your ancestors. I've heard that, uh, you know, to each his own. But there is a higher power. It's called our conscience. It's called God or whomever that you serve. Just tap into him. And he gave us a, a, uh, a playbook, which is the Bible. You know, he gave us common sense. It's not so common anymore, but we do have choices in this life, and it's either good or bad choices. If they're bad, redirection, change of course, you know. Don't look at everything so negatively. Things happen for a reason, and uh, I was telling a friend of mine that he he was just down and out one time, and I told him, I said, things happen for a reason. Look at A, B, and C, and look how your life lined up with a b and c so perfectly that you can jump right back into it you know he was like i never thought about it like that that's why i got you in my life anyway <laughs> but um uh, continue the quote don't expect change appreciate the flaws appreciate each other become best friends and lastly love of each other unconditionally and i want to leave you with this let me let me me do something real quick that word unconditional is a great word to throw out and use but i think a lot of people don't know what unconditional means um unconditionally you know and um unconditionally means without uh Without restriction by conditions or qualifications. And an example, she loves all of her children unconditionally. Okay, we can use that example. Yeah, we don't play favoritisms. Yeah, um, children are going to be different. So we don't love them because they look good or who looks the best or whatever. We love them because they're them. And their little bitty things that go on in them make up them you know so we love them for that um in a relationship same goes but I feel like there needs to be a subheading. so the heading is love unconditionally without restrictions or conditions but sub a should say don't be a fool for love. Only, and I say that because we can love people unconditionally, but people won't return that same condition or that same um, energy. And what I mean by that is people take advantage of that unconditional love that you're giving them sometimes. And so sometimes we have to use this discernment to... Recognize when love is pure and when love is being used and abused and neglected. And I think that's where the point of my life was. I was loving him unconditionally, but it wasn't in return. And so, therefore, um, I had to stop being the fool. You know, I had to stop allowing him to put me in a mental state of confusion, of questioning, of wondering, of, uh, like I said in the letter to the bishop, my um, flinching moments, and uh, I I just, I just, I didn't give up, but I feel like I, I grew up a little bit, you know, and the only thing I regret is leaving the children. Um and I did go back and get them. I want everybody to know that. I came back for my babies, you know. But the law states that I kidnapped them. So and uh, my husband feels like I kidnapped them. And I I I was watching The Secret Life of Bees last night and there was a powerful moment at the end. I hadn't seen that movie in so long and I feel like the lady that passed away who was um uh, not rosaline but dakota fanning played i feel like her mother was me you know trying to escape trying to run away and she left dakota fanning at her dad's house but she came back and got her after the depression that she was going through ended and dakota fanning ended up asking her dad you know why did you tell me that my mother never came back for me? You know, and he just put his head down and he said, I told you that because she didn't come back for me. You know, and I will never want my children to think I never came back for them. So I'm still thankful that I still get to visit them and I still get to see them. Uh, maybe not on a regular basis, only because he is restricting me from talking to them on a regular basis because he's never with them. A judge wouldn't know that. A guardian ad litem wouldn't know that. Our lawyers wouldn't know that. Um, So, so yeah, Um, I don't get to see them on a regular. But the other day, I thought about it. This might be for a good reason because when I was there, I could not manifest the things that I wanted to do with my own life. Everything was going his way or no way. You know, it wasn't a team effort. You know. Let me do this. Let me build my career and let me help you build yours after mine gets on my feet. You know, um, it wasn't like that. It was build my career and make me look good, you know, um, so I I believe everything happens for a reason. And I believe this is my time to manifest what I need to manifest going further. Um, And you never know. Things might happen and. He might say, I don't want to be with them no more. You know, they need their mother. You know, and I'm praying to God that God softens his heart. I pray for him all the time. You know what I'm saying? Because who am I to judge anybody that makes the decisions that they make? You know, because I don't want nobody judging me, thinking that you know I left for certain reasons when I didn't. You know, I left because I needed my sanity back. I needed Shannon back. You know, and I'm, I'm finding Shannon. Shannon is a great person. After uh, Shannon gets on our feet, you know. But I want to say to everybody, um, and leave you with: trouble doesn't last always, and I believe that. Uh, and I know this is redundant. I keep saying it, but everything happens for a reason. You not, you might not see that reason now. And, I, and a lot of things that happened in October, November, December, January of last year, a lot of stuff is manifesting now. And I couldn't see it. I couldn't see past that storm. Only thing I saw was lightning strikes, rain, thunder, clouds, you know. And my mental headspace wasn't there. But now all, everything has moved out the way and everything has started to settle, and the rainbow is coming, you know. The only thing I can do is thank God for his grace and his mercy. And thank him for never giving up. Because everything that I prayed for, it happened. You know, everything that I asked God for has manifested itself into happening. Or it's happening as we speak, you know. And I just got to hold on. And I want everybody else to hold on, you know. Grab somebody that you know. And check in on them. You know, they might be posting stuff on Facebook and everything look good and all happy. But in all actuality, a lot of people are battling mental battles that nobody ever knows about. Nobody ever talks about because they're too ashamed, too embarrassed. Everybody's supposed to be perfect. You can be perfect. But there are some things that come in life. And if life was, life would be born without trials and tribulations. Because you don't learn nothing. So let every experience be a learning experience. You're never too old to learn. I work with, uh, oh yeah, I stopped working at FedEx, and I work as a CNA now. I was doing that as I was going to FedEx um, because the lifting of the boxes and stuff was just wearing on my body. So, And I've always wanted to be a nurse, so the closest thing right now to being that is a CNA. And uh, I tell the older people, too, all the time. You are never too old to learn. So we're not finna sit in these wheelchairs all day. We're not, we not about to lay in the bed all day. We're getting up, we're getting out, and we learning something. You know, uh, you're never too old to learn from anybody as well. You know, I learn from my children all the time. I learn from younger folks that I work with all the time. You know, so always keep an open mind. Always stay prayed up. That's your shield of protection you know, always be honest, faithful and true to yourself. Forget everybody else. Only thing, only person or only being that you need to make sure that you got everything squared away with is God. And um uh, until next time. Which will probably be a part 2 because as I'm going through this with my children and my marriage, something else lovely came up and um I want to be transparent as possible. So I'll speak on that next time. But I hope everyone has a wonderful, wonderful week. And since I didn't come for the last two weeks, I might put out another one just because, you know, um, life is still going on as we speak. So, um, yeah. I love you all. And thank you for my ride of dies that's been with me since day one. And thank you for the people that, share and um share with family and friends and thank you for the ones that are just joining i mean um, it's enough room to ride and and experience stuff and learning things and so uh, until next time everyone speaking from experience this is your girl shannon talk to you later